Hello and welcome to the Screen Chronicles. I'm Colby. With me as always is Steve and today we're joined by a very special guest. He made an epic intro into The Last Kingdom season four and soon became a fan favorite. We were so excited to see what he would bring to the table in season five and he did not disappoint. He portrays Sigtrigger, King of Jorvik, Aston Sigurdarsson. Welcome to the Screen Chronicles. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Good to be on the show, finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, you reached out to me a couple of years ago, and, and um, I was too shy to come on then. But now I've watched most of your videos, and I feel like I, I know what I'm getting into here. And it, right. it's been awesome. very uh, kind and nice and, and funny, so I'm up for it. Well, yeah. Well, thanks. Well, thank thanks you. for coming on today. We're, we're huge fans of you since you first came in in season four. Um, and then you were even more awesome, I would say, in season five here. Um, and spoiler alert for everyone watching, yep. listening today. Um, you know, so we were we were sad when yeah. you, you died. Well, thank you. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> yeah, it was a sad, sad thing, I guess. But um if the season's ending, then it's a it's a good thing, I guess. People tell me, my older actors, people who have been in this industry, they're like, "Yeah, you want to die. You want to die. That's that's a good thing." So, I'm happy and like. Um, okay. Yeah, and and anytime someone you know sends a comment on my Instagram or something and says like, "I'm so sad that you died," I'm like, "Thank you. I'm actually still here, but uh, I'm I'm glad that you I'm glad that you um, felt for Sigtrygur. I guess that means." Um, I did. I did my job. Absolutely. And you yeah. absolutely did. And and by the way, the scene, which we'll definitely dive into, I think a little bit later, was uh, pretty amazing. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Were you a fan of the, the books at all, too, before you got into the show? Uh, I was not I, like I didn't know that they existed. So basically what happened was. I was asked to audition for this show. I got the. I actually found the email now so I could read it for you guys. Basically Ooh. what happens when you're an actor, you have, you have an agent or agents that send you emails every now and then. And they, they tell you, hey, so there's this job. Uh, and usually they tell you uh, around about what time they're going to be filming it, who's making it, and who the biggest names attached to it is or are. So I got this email saying like, here's The Last Kingdom. It's on Netflix. And Alexander Draymond is the top dog in this project and and then they basically do like an outline for your character and they tell you what you're going to be playing what his name is and, and and what what he's like and basically when I first read this I wasn't sure that you know I was right for this role if I'm totally honest with you guys really? because you no know, it's a viking warlord and it's it can be quite hard to step up to the plate for something like that you know, a, lead, a fearless leader of men mm. um, and a fighter and all that stuff. But there were a couple of other things here in the kind of character description that I thought, okay, well, maybe I can, I can kind of highlight these things in my audition. Yeah. It says, um, Sigtrikur will emerge as a new kind of Danish invader. Mm. Clear-eyed and sandy-haired, he is softly spoken lean and hungry and i was like well i'm lean i'm usually hungry um <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's just actually something i wanted to talk to you guys about you guys are personal trainers right both of you a physical therapist physical yeah. therapist okay yeah. okay oh. pt i heard you PT. guys say PT, yeah. right yeah. yeah there's there's overlap with them okay well that's my secret agenda for doing this uh interview is uh <laughs> perfect i need you guys to to put some kind of plan for me what i should eat and and, and do to become bigger and stronger. All uh, right. <laughs> can do that. No, but then it says a calm, exacting, and occasionally vicious young man, full of intent and full of plans, one who wants to remake a homeland for a large population, um, less motivated by plunder than by settlement, which is one of, I think, my first lines in the show right. is, I have no interest in silver. And right. everybody's like, what? Here's exactly. a lie. Some, I think that's what we did. Yeah, I, th I think. Yeah, I think I remember your reaction was like, "Who's this guy?" Exactly, because we always made jokes about Silva, yeah. Silva, <laughs> about the Danes in Silva? seasons one and two. They're always like Silva. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Your question 
question was, did I read the books? And the answer is for my audition, no. I basically came into it and I, I literally, I read the scene as well. He's like, uh, fat ones we can use as slaves. And right. I'm like, how am I, how am I gonna um, do this guy? Um, because typically until then in my career, like I hadn't done very many big roles and usually I'd be cast as some kind of innocent, gentle soul. So I didn't read the books for my initial initial audition. I, it was a quick turnaround and I just went with my gut and I tried to do the scene in a way that I thought I could do genuinely. That's kind of what you should do when you audition for roles is like, try to make it your own in some way. So I thought, okay, what can I do? Um, I can imagine that here's a young guy who is basically just has been blasted out of out of uh, Ireland or Ireland, as he calls it, um, with some kind of really bloody, vicious background or upbringing. That's what I imagined. Like um, here, like many, many, like of the most highest achieving people that we have in history. And especially if we just look at our athletes today, most of them, mm -hmm. most of the very, best ones come from maybe like a broken home or, or difficult upbringing. Uh, and it kind of creates that pressure needed for them to become like the sharpest tool Interesting. for whatever they need to do. So I imagine like, here's a guy who isn't phys physically domineering. Maybe he's coming from some kind of like really broken background where he had to cut ties with everyone and everything just think about himself first. And when we first meet him, he's got like a gang of, of followers, like these really yeah. cutthroat Vikings who, who are most of them like a hundred pounds heavier than him. Mm -hmm. Big sturdy guys. And I'm thinking like, how the, why the hell would they follow him? Uh, why the hell would they follow me? You know? And I just thought, okay, well maybe he's, maybe he's that much, maybe he's so much smarter mm -hmm. than everyone else. And maybe he's proven, like. yeah, maybe he's proven that. You know how the Danes are in this show is they, if, if there's someone, if there's a seer or someone who has a, an innate ability or a gift to see things ahead of time, you treat them with the, that respect, you follow them. So I mm -hmm. thought maybe he's got the respect of his men because he literally is that much smarter than everyone else. He's, he's yeah. always... And, and when I did the audition, I kind of did it in a way where I'm, you know how like famous chess players or like really uh, like Mensa, I think they call it Mensa, like really intelligent people with IQs of, I don't even know what the number is. They can sometimes come off as kind of like cold and, mm -hmm. and just like kind of disconnected from everything that's going on around them. So I did the scene in a way where like a bunch of people are talking to me or whatever, and I'm just kind of like, in my, like my, my head is in overdrive, like just right. like steam coming out of my ears, just thinking, 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 don't have time really to talk to anyone or even make eye contact with anyone until here comes Brida. She's a person of interest to me. Mm -hmm. And so I did the character in a way where he's, he's coming from a disastrous background. Maybe he's hurt. Right. Maybe, maybe he's really hurt. Maybe someone hurt him so that he, he doesn't want to become hurt again so he's always three steps ahead of everyone right, else right and i in iceland we have a uh, phrase that goes like <laughs> goes like this it's um and it means a burnt child or a child that's burnt their hand on something will avoid the fire mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah so basically i, I uh, approached this character as just like my first gut feeling was like Here's a guy who's smarter than everyone else. He'll, and he's curious. Right. And, and I was like, maybe he's kind of like a street cat or something. We have a lot of street cats in, in Reykjavik in Iceland. Um, yeah. you know, some of them only have one eye, like Sitzerker uh, in the book. Right, right. Some of them have like half of their tail like chopped off because of something. Someone shut a door on them or something horrible. And, and the same thing in London. If you go out after... 9 p.m. in London, you'll see foxes all over the place with their battle scars and and yeah. they're like some of them will be like missing patches of hair or whatever. So I kind of thought like, okay, Sigtuger is kind of like that. He's kind of like that's awesome. He he's 
calculating, he's exacting, but he's curious, always mm -hmm. curious, mm -hmm. always has an agenda. So basically I did that. I got the role through a series of auditions. Actually, my callback, as they call it, basically you, you send in a, a self-tape, as they call it, a, a right. tape of yourself doing the scene with someone reading. Usually my, my wife reads with me. And then you send it off into the abyss and you usually don't get any answer or response or anything right, um, right your agents actually would rather not tell you about all the no's you get because it it'll it'll wear you down if they always call you and say listen they didn't they're looking for someone different you know so usually yeah. you don't hear anything but sometimes you get a callback and my callback was it just so happened to fall on a day where i was working as a chef okay. yeah so in between jobs, um, at that time in my career, I was chefing. So I, I had a, a Zoom call or a Skype call, literally with like the top producer of the show and the director of the episode where Sigtrick appears. And I'm wearing my chef white somewhere in like a back alley <laughs> of this restaurant that I was working in. And they're like, oh, what are you wearing? I'm like, they're chef whites. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were super, super cool about it. And then um actually they didn't make me do the scene on that call they asked me to do another tape and and do a scene that i hadn't seen before which was stiora and sigtrucker's first scene where he's like Critical. yeah we're there really sizing each other up and he's like wow she's so interesting she's so smart all of that well when two sides seek to destroy each other you must choose a side and all and all that exactly discussion. I sent that back in. I made sure not to wear my chef whites for my se second taping. <laughs> and then I got it. And as soon as I got it, I read the books. Okay. And, and I was quite surprised or like pleasantly surprised, I guess, that the character in the books was quite different from what I was doing in yeah, many ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Well, one of the things too, why I, why I asked is because, you know, spoiler for people who haven't read the books too, I, I think Citriger is still alive in the last book. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, again, spoiler people, uh, Stiora actually dies in, yeah. uh, right. I think, around Bebenber or, or so. So um, the fact that you died, she lived, I was, I was, that's what I was surprised about. I don't know. Did you know that going in that you were going to be dying this season or? Going into season five, yeah, I got a call uh, telling me that I was going to die. And, you know, yeah. I had read the books and, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an adaption. And I already knew, you know, coming right. into season four, they, they've changed a lot of stuff. A lot of the best stuff in the show is directly from the books. But thankfully, there are some different things, some characters that are much bigger or different uh, in, the, in the show than they are, and, and some storylines than in the books. Sometimes it, it's, it can be better. Sometimes, I guess, the book readers will think like, God, I just wish they'd, and honestly, when I read the books, I was like, oh, my God, I wish I could do the scene where Sigtrigur jumps off the castle wall in Chester right. or wherever after getting his eye cut out because he's right. so Fiora. And just for a moment, he was lost in, in, in seeing her, gets his eye chopped off, jumps off the wall, rolls through a ditch and goes, I am Odin. Woo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I can't say why they changed things, but what I can say is, I mean, going forward, it helped me to have read the books to see like, okay, well, there's a, there's a sense of humor there right. in him. He's very funny. He's very confident. He is a great leader of men. He's a mm -hmm. fearless fighter, all this stuff. So I, I brought that, but I held a little bit onto my initial feeling as well, which is this kind of uh steaming uh brain of his right where he's always that's why people trust him he's exactly three steps ahead of everyone yeah and that, that definitely comes across in the show you do get to jump out of something out of a window in in season yeah, five yeah. and and uh, go, go ham that was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i mean when i got the call about season five i don't know how chronologically you want to talk about things but yeah, it's no, interesting whatever. because in season four, those last four episodes or whatever it is, where Sitrigar appears, he is always in full control. Even though all, oh the, all of these different parts are moving, he's, he's on top of everything. Mm -hmm. he's, he's like a chess player. Mm -hmm. he, he does what he does and anticipates 
several different outcomes and has a, a plan for everything that could happen. So, so one of my favorite scenes, for instance, the play uh, was that horrible scene where Seythrikur has Edward's sons. Yeah. And it's like, you can choose between your sons, which is a really vicious thing to do. Yeah, you have your arms around them, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, and, and like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and those kids were also like... Uh, I was playing with them on set all day, so I made like a little relationship with them. Oh, so man. they felt really like calm and safe in my hands, which I thought also spoke to... Might look sick, make Sigtrigger look cool. It's like, mm. you know, he's, he's so calm in that moment that the mm. kids even trust him. But in that moment, it was really fun to play that scene because I'm, I'm holding all the cards, literally, I'm holding all the cards. And I knew, as, in, as, as me playing this character, I knew that he could or could not kill one of these kids or both mm. of them or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I could also enjoy the scene and enjoy it as Sigtrigger holding on the cards, kind of laughing and chuckling and everything. Not because he was excited to kill anyone, certainly not kill some children, but because he, he was playing in that moment, right. like a cat would play with a mouse, I guess, or something. Right, that's interesting. Um, that's really interesting. Basically, what I'm saying is I love playing that scene because I'm a sadistic bastard. And <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, but he, he was always in control. And yeah, then, he's always in control. And in this season, like, he, he really just, he kind of felt like he was behind the, the curve sometimes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say is season five, the roles have reversed. Mm -hmm. I got the scripts and I got that call saying, basically... Basically, we're going to kill you off. And, I, and, and, and in the beginning, they... Um, didn't even really tell me how how I go and and I was I had to call him up and say like uh, so what happens like is it a nice death or do I like just fall down the stairs or something is it <laughs> uh, and they said oh it's it's pretty good it's like a heroic death and I was like okay and I could wait for months just knowing that and when and when I got the script for that last episode I was wow it was very exciting to read but basically, like you yeah. said, Steve, like um, in season five, the roles completely reversed. And what are you what are you going to do? Like, uh, I've done four episodes of playing this character who's always a step ahead of everyone. And now he's literally always a step behind every single scene of episode five. He's a step behind everyone, which I think is why in his final scene. There's an acceptance and a mm -hmm. peace. That kind of flushes over him where he's able to even comfort the people around him. Yeah. After he said goodbye to Steora, which is heartbreaking because he feels like he's let her down. I was supposed to protect yeah. you. He has that moment of peace and almost like a smile on his face. Like, well, yeah. all of this is finally come to an end and, and I'm, I'm not a step behind. I'm choosing to walk into whatever comes next. So. Right, because you could have been baptized. You could have chosen to be baptized. And... Oh my God, he could, can you imagine? And you'd be seeing my butt uh, in comparison to Alexander Draymond's, which I would have had to have a butt double. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> which is why I need a program from you guys for. We'll do it. That's we'll right. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your it's, next work, you can get your 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 glutes out. And... <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So I'll cool. have a tattoo on one cheek that says Steve and the other that says Colby. Like yes, yes, that's exactly what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. These buns are thanks to those guys. Oh, okay. yeah. It's the nice thing anyone's ever told us. Yeah, let's just get that in writing. Let's just get that in writing after the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that scene, you're, I mean, it's incredible. And like you said, you have a little smile. And I feel like when you touch the sword, when um, Uhtred has it to your chest, you give him that little smile nod like it's okay i'm ready could you talk about like that day maybe going into that scene because yeah. yeah i can actually i'm glad you asked because it was one of the most extraordinary days of work that i've had um, okay i have spent years of my life working on the show every single minute of it has been pure joy love to hear it and so love to hear it for me to go into that day and you know as fate would have it, like it was a beautiful day, like one of those kind of like beautiful mornings where it's it's a little cold, um, but the sun's out. And we had this wonderful director called Paul Wilmshurst on, on mm -hmm. that episode. 
I'd already shot a couple scenes with him. I think I did the scene with um, Ron Wilder where I let him back into Afterwitch and he's been out there with his hands. Okay. And I, so I'd done a bit of that with Paul. Mm -hmm. And we just talked a little bit about the scene. But Paul made sure, like a good director, he made sure to kind of chime in the day in the correct way. Brought brought me and Ruby and uh, Alex and, and everyone out there for the morning. Miggy and Yako, these actors right. who play right. uh, my brother Ron Walter and, and my, my right-hand guy, Boland. Yeah. He brought us out there in the morning. We're hearing birds chirping and everything. And he just... He just told us like today's gonna be a special day, and I just I, I can't remember what he said. But one thing I can remember is he told me that he'd been. I hope Paul is okay with me sharing this, but he told me that that morning on his way to work, he was listening to a song on repeat. I should find the name of the song, but it's a song by an Icelandic band called Sigurós. Do you know Sigurós? No, uh, I don't think so. Sigurós is is a band that was became very popular, like I guess twenty years ago or something. An Icelandic okay. band where the singer sings in this kind of like falsetto voice and speaks a language that is kind of like Icelandic, but it's not Icelandic. It's like an Elvish type of thing. It's mm -hmm. a very soothing, soothing type of music. Gosh, guys, I have to find the name of the song. Oh, now. take your so, time. Take your time. Yeah. But basically, you told me that he'd been listening to that song every uh, on repeat on his way to work, getting prepared for... Um, this scene and it's a very sad song but it's a oh. beautiful song that also has that kind of uh, stillness and acceptance of what's happening it's also a matter of like i'm finishing a couple years of work and i'm saying goodbye to my friends not just the right. actors who i had right. the pleasure and honor of sharing scenes with i'm saying goodbye to this character which i also quite care about i'm saying goodbye to the people who have helped me put my costume on every day the makeup on everything people on the catering truck who give me my snickers bar at the same time every day you know all that snickers bar a day so that, yeah know, that's an advert the doctor away, you know. but it was it was a like a just a beautiful scene like you were saying i i kept when we were talking about the episode um yeah. i kept bringing up just like the color palettes like it was just like all the of color. you guys are like these like dark clothes but like the morning is like this like golden and it's it's winter yeah, yeah. Um, it was just mother earth mother earth and the weather gods really showed up that day yeah and, 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 and i could feel that i was getting quite emotional throughout the day and i was just like just hold on to it just hold on to it and paul was a wonderful director in in that he recognized that all of us were getting more emotional as the day went on yeah i mean alex and ruby like ah oh god I don't know. It's funny because when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, playing with other kids in the neighborhood, yeah, even with little GI Joes or whatever, like in in the playing, I would always, I remember, I would always want to be the guy who like gets his leg chopped off and is like, leave me behind, ah! and be like that heroic kind of character. Yeah, literally being in a scene where I'm saying goodbye to everyone and they're mourning me. It was very powerful in right. in a. It, I don't know, that sounds like a very selfish way of saying it, but they are such incredible actors that I just kind of just breathed through it. I saw your interview with Harry Gilby mm -hmm. and okay. he said something like that. There was just an aura on set where yeah. it was like cameras. Yeah, I think in. he said it was one of his favorite scenes from the season to be, be a part of. And he's not even a critical role in that scene. No. He just said it was like just to be there at that moment. No, totally. Like there's a lot of heartbreaking moments in that, even with just like how, how much respect there is between man and wife, Stiora and Shetriker, where she's like, she's like, no, 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 you are awesome. You're a hero. You've, you've created so many things mm -hmm. for our people to sing about. I'll take care of Afrowitch. It's all good. Even in that moment where she must be yeah. terrified, she's losing her rock. Right, she's like, right. I got you, man. And uh, Colby, please don't cry. Don't cry, please. I'm trying not to. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and for the respect between Uhtred and Seetriker, Uhtred like beckons or asks um, Citric to bring to bring my sword oh my over. God. That was your sword. That was your sword. That was yeah. my sword. All right. It was awesome. It was a nice scene to be a part of and yeah. a really special experience for me because it was a culmination of just gratitude for being given the chance to play this character of, of um, 
such an awesome guy. Yeah, he is. He's um, everything I could ever dream to play. He's he leads with. There is a kindness to him, like Steve oh, yeah. said. There's a kindness to him, and and especially in season five, which I guess is his downfall. We should talk about that as well. Yeah. They, they keep telling him like you're too accepting, you're too mm-hmm. kind, tender-hearted. I think she says at one point. Yeah. You're yeah, tender-hearted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what there's a time jump, obviously, between season four and five. And right. like, even the way he dresses, even the way I speak, my voice and everything in season four, all those battle scenes, my voice was literally very raspy, just from like shouting all day. Right, right. And in season five, I just sound like someone who's been watching Netflix every day for, for years and years, and just like chilling and, and relaxing. So basically, that's what after which when they showed us the the set, uh, the wonderful set designer Dominic showed us his yeah. pictures and his, and he and he introduced us to the set. He's like, um, look at Everwich. It's a forward-thinking town where there's a cross on one side of the square, a Christian cross. Mm-hmm. On the other side, there's a pagan tree. And Sigtryggr and Stiora together have built a place that is um, tolerant of both Christians and and Danes. Yeah. Because, like he says to Ron Walter, like it is more difficult to live with your enemies than to fight them. But that's what we're trying to do here. Because in, in the long game is we can have peace, we can have our land, we can have Northumbria. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can see, at the beginning of the first episode, they've done a wonderful job of that. They totally. they have peace with Athelflaed and Edward, and they're they are breeding, as he says, and. And everything's going well, but then basically everything goes to shit. Uh, shit hits the fan. Real and quick. The worst case scenario, basically, that just unfolds in front of our eyes. And, and I, I think that's probably frustrating for the viewer at times mm. to see a character who's been so in yeah. control of everything, literally like have his hair cut and have to wade through oh shit my God. You know, to save his wife and everything. But that's drama, right? That's it is. Drama. Well, I, I liked it. First of all, I feel like it had to be like a family betrayal for Sig Trigger because he was so wise. And like you said, he would become comfortable, maybe not as like on edge about everything happening because he has been comfortable for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually liked after you got your haircut, when you like leave the city, I was like, this feels like John Wick or something just going out. I'm like kind of excited to see what Sig Trigger does now. You know who they should have? They should have recast me and got Liam Neeson to play Sig Trigger in, in this <laughs> season five. Like, I'm coming. <laughs> just just yeah. only when he leaves Jorvik. <laughs> like yeah, it's you. Yeah. And then... <laughs> oh my gosh, but, that, but that shot of me leaving Jorvik with my wet new cut hair and I kind of like God. start running out into the night. Mm. Alex Draymond, Alexander Draymond, genius. Like mm-hmm. he's direct. This is his directing debut. Right. This is his he, episode. Yeah. I know you've heard all about him and his kindness and his uh, like his responsibility as the number one, like the number one on the call sheet, as we always call it, to do that for years and years. Yeah. Set the, set the tone, set the bar for everyone. Respect, hard work, fun times. But also for him to show up for his directorial debut and for like every single frame that you see in episode two he had references he had like done his homework for like wow like for every single character every single line he's got ideas and then he also having a personal relationship with all the actors was able to sometimes step back and let you do what you wanted to do cool and sometimes like uh, actually that's one of my favorite scenes that i'm really proud of of how it played out and also like coming off of season four and knowing that sitrick might have a bigger role in season five. I was like, mm-hmm. please let me have a scene with Uhtred's gang of pretty boys. Please, let's do a oh, hero scene. Yes. And then that scene shows up where Uhtred and Sitriger meet in the forest mm-hmm. and all the guys are there. And Alex was directing that. He's, yep. You've heard these descriptions before where he's literally got his iPad and he's watching all the cameras and everything. And he's doing his character at times. Crazy. In the rehearsal. And then it's just action. But he, in that scene, I hope Alex is okay with me um, divulging this or telling you this, is he whispered to me, like, don't think about the lines. Just go. Just do whatever you want. Let's, let's just let him, let him go and, yeah. and see what happens. So that's where all the, oh, my wife. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Trapped like a rat. Like, I'm so wow. angry in that moment. I love that scene. And, and had Mark not chosen to be, like, sitting in that scene, 
and like kind of like this. If he had been any closer to me, I think I probably would have grabbed him and like shook him and like ah. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what I wanted wow. to do. But he was sitting, so it would have been awkward to like grab someone who's sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but um, it was a great scene, and that's that speaks to Alex in in being like, hey, Ace, um, little bro, um, do whatever you want in this scene. I just want you to let your performance. Oh you know, go wherever you want. That's awesome. Cause that is a, a part I was going to ask you about. And I think too, the way you like in Sig Trigger, so you speak so calm and confident all the time that when you do yell, yeah, all of a sudden everybody notices it. You know what I mean? More so than other people who yell all the time. So yeah, when uh, that, that scene was definitely a standout moment. So much like <laughs> How do you like the cello that I play? I like it. it. Do you play? It, no, my wife plays, but oh, I was great, like, oh. great. Let me put this as a prop in the interview so everyone I like it. It's beautiful. Cultured. Beautiful. Um, so cultured. I think we say in one of our talks when we, we covered uh, the episodes you were in in season four, we say he's got like that outredness in him that he is like ahead of the game. He thinks and he knows other people's motives and, and what they'll do, how they'll react. And we were saying like it's going to be a tough showdown when he faces Uhtred. And obviously there was a twist that you wanted to negotiate in season four. And you had that amazing scene with Alexander dream and it was just you and him one-on-one too. Yeah. That was, that was an amazing scene too, for me to film. Cause it was literally, I think it was literally the first time I met Alex. Oh, wow. So I was pretty star struck. You meet him right away and you just start swinging it. Yeah. I meet him right away and I start swinging and he's, he dodges everything cause he's Utrid and, and um, I tell him like, whoa, you're fast. <laughs> For me to do that scene as well was like, I'm from Iceland and we were filming in Budapest season four in the middle of the summer. Uh, it was always way too hot, mm-hmm. sweating my balls off. And, and also it was just a big experience for me, my first kind of a really big job and I was shy. I was really shy. I didn't really meet anyone in the cast for a while. And I was telling myself like, yeah, this is, this is method acting. I don't want to meet anyone until I see them on, on, on set. And then I can actually like really right. intimidate them. Uh, I don't want to be friends with these guys. Certainly not the Saxons. It, in all honesty, I was just shy, shy to meet all these people. When I met mm-hmm. Alex, it was, in that scene, Sigtrigger is quite taken aback by this guy. Like, you're the warrior I've heard about. Your, your daughter's told me a lot about you. To be honest, I'm really interested in you. Right. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to get in a room with you and see if we could work something out. Because, you know, Edward, there's no talking to him. Right. He's just a silly little boy or something. Like, that's how Sigtrigger sees him yeah. to begin with. But Edward, oh my gosh, and Tim in, in season five, there's a lot of growth in that character. and Yeah, totally. So can I talk about my brother? Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, yeah go tell for us. it. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Iceland is a small place, right? So we all know each other. Certainly everybody who's in acting. So before season five went into filming, I got a lot of calls from my friends like, hey, I've been asked to audition to play your brother. And like, can you help me with my audition tape? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I literally helped a couple of my friends, like four different guys read for this of Ron Walter. And because they're all my friends, I wanted all of them to get the role, obviously. And I I was talking to Salome and my wife about it. And I was like, they could all be so good in this. And then they go ahead and cast Mickey Stolt, who not only is an incredible actor yeah. we look like genetic brothers yeah we, they did we oh. talked about it it was like a great cast like you guys look like you could be brothers no. yeah i just started laughing when i looked him up on imdb for the first time i got his name on some email chain right. or something i was like mickey stolt who this is the guy i just started laughing like what the hell this guy looks like me exactly <laughs> crazy like me. basically again this is this is different than the books mm-hmm. and it's Definitely. actually different it's actually quite a lot different. The fact that he's the younger brother and he's kind of a little bitch, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the books, excuse me, guys. Sorry. This no, is you hell. can't. No, it's fine. It's fine. You can say bitch. G rated. G rated. No, it's not G rated. We say bitch all the time. Yeah, it's, okay, it's X rated. X rated <laughs> on here. Uh, 
basically in the books and also in my kind of backstory that I had made, I had mm-hmm. imagined that Sigtryggr had a really imposing father. He had yeah. lost his mother. Like these are all the things that I imagined in my head to kind of create my persona. And I also imagined that he had grown up competing with a physically domineering big brother in Ronmaldus. Ragnall in the book, I think. Ragnall in the books. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Here I get the scripts and I find out that no, in in this TV show we're going in the direction that Sigtryggr is the big brother and Ronmaldus is the little um, guy who's who's the wrench in, in everything. He ruins everything and he's kind of a fuck up. And but yeah. I thought that was great. I thought that was such mm-hmm. a gift for me to to get to tell that story, which is the reason why Sigtryggr becomes blind to everything. Right. Because that's his downfall. He forgives and trusts this brother. And there's a love there that we, tr- we tried to show you guys. Totally. I think that's a great story to get to tell because almost every family in the world and almost everyone has, has a family member who's kind of lost and has fucked up again and again and again. Mm. And and Ron Walter is that person in this family, right. and Sigtryggr has an enormous amount of guilt from leaving him behind in right. Ireland to die. And me and Mickey just talked through all of this, um, and and worked through their backstory, and we based it on a lot of stuff. I know that Mickey was. He based it on a lot of different things, but uh, you know that movie, um, gosh, the Tom Hardy, like MMA boxing brother movie with Nick uh, Nolte. Warrior. Warrior, yeah. yeah. So Mickey, Mickey was like, dude, you have to watch this movie, Warrior. And I think there's something there. There's this story of brothers who are so close and yet so far apart. And So we wanted to tell that story where Sigtryggr, no matter what his wife says, and again, like, they since Stiora and Sigtryggr have been able to build all their wealth and, and mm-hmm. everything in life on the fact that they make decisions together straight away episode one Sigtryggr is like yeah um he wants a trial and, and I've said we can do it <laughs> without discussing with Stiora uh right away Ron Walter creates division between them in their right, right. and Sigtryggr let, lets him get away Good with point. it and even after he so Ron Walter lets Brita into Applewitch, completely disgraces Sigtryggr and everything. Yeah. Everyone. Sigtryggr still forgives him. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a deep, deep, deep bond between them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which, is, which is interesting also as well for the theologian or people, or people who are into religion. The religious aspect of season five is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, you could argue Sigtryggr is the kind of the top dog of the Dane leaders in season five and his yeah. arc, his arc is forgiveness, forgiving yeah. his brother, forgiveness and betrayal, I guess you could say. Mm. And, and Brita has that whole arc with uh, Pulik in the yeah. forest. Exactly. She, yeah. We think she's going to cross over to Christianity. as. I, yeah. I yeah. Oh, that was surprising for sure. I love how they set Rungvaldur up to like as if he's going to be Ragnar in the book, like when you're just hearing about how he's doing these raids and stuff. And yeah. then he shows up and he's this drunk who, yeah. um, but a really interesting character. I thought he added a lot. And then when he's talking to you before Brita's people kind of climb over the walls and you let them in, mm. um, that was an amazing moment because the singing starts gradually growing from the people in the town. It's just, it, it became super intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm you know yeah and and then like there are so many little moments that we wanted to kind of take care of and right. hopefully convey it to you guys is like the moment in the battle where ron Walter has been like please can i can i lead the vanguard please oh, can yeah I, yeah can i go and ch- test the ice let me prove to you that i'm not just a fuck up like mm-hmm. please and there's the moment in the battle with Sigtryggr and Ronald are back to back. Oh, like, we're definitely going to ask you about this. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It gives you a glimpse into there is some point in, in, their, in their backstory, in their history, where they must have really wreaked havoc together. Yeah. Because they are back to back reading into like writing seamlessly after years of being apart. That was really cool. And then Sigtryggr kind of like, get in here. Like, Good job. I think I gave that a bro moment. We do bro moments in our talk. 
of course, the Bromo in our, in our, our episode uh, six talk because it was so epic. Yeah. Uh, could you talk about doing that scene with him? Like you guys must have um, coordinated yeah. that and practiced that because it, it looked it literally looked amazing. He, like he would duck and you would swing at the guy coming at him. It was awesome. Basically, um, Miggy, who also we became extremely close throughout the filming. Like cool. we call ourselves the Jolly Boys of Etherwich, actually. Um, <laughs> um, me and and. Mickey, and then there's Jaco who plays Volant, mm -hmm. and then there's Jeppe. And I guess you could say that Heston really isn't of Everwitch, but he, mm -hmm. he visited once with a dead queen in his in his in a wagon. Um came back. Yeah. But yeah, we used to we call ourselves the Jolly Boys of Everwitch. We've got a WhatsApp group and everything, and like we we're super close, uh, uh, these these couple of guys, because while we were filming season five, there was a lockdown in in Hungary, there was literally oh. a curfew at night. You couldn't go out. The police would escort you back to your apartment. The good thing about it was because COVID was happening, they gave us the most ridiculously bougie apartments that we probably wouldn't have gotten normally. Like normally, Sweet. season four, they gave us pretty nice apartments. Season five, like because I guess that hotel apartment was, you know, needed business. They gave us apartments where literally I walked in and I was like, what is this Bruce Wayne type of <laughs> like ceilings? Just like, what the hell? I looked out the windows. There's marveling at the amazing view of the city. Oh, that's cool. But we got super lonely. Like, even if mm. you like Bruce Wayne, much like Bruce Wayne, uh, we got super lonely in those massive apartments. And like, we all missed our partners and everything. So like, yeah. especially me and Yako, I used to call Yako my side chick. Because <laughs> we would spend a lot of time just playing, you know, 2K and and watching movies and whatnot. Because he really missed his his girlfriend. I was missing my wife, and, right. and we just order a bunch of food. And anyway, so the so the same thing with Miggy. He's like we're like brothers for life now. Um, but for that scene, he is Miggy. If you didn't know, is an actual trained stunt guy. Okay. So he's an actor and a stunt oh, stuntman. Did not yeah. know. Wow. He went to Stunt Academy, I think, in Australia. So he, like, it's like drinking water for him to do all those scenes. I had to get a lot of training and a lot of help from Levente and Tama and Victor. And, okay. And, and, and uh, also the horse training crew, Panka and, and Kitty. These people are so professional that they take you and they mold you and they make you look amazing. And at the end of the day, you just need that one take that really pops in the fighting. And I guess it helps for a fight scene like that to obviously have all that training of the choreography, but also have some kind of heart in the scene. Like right. in that scene, I know that it's bringing us closer together in that little moment, the, the brothers. So that kind of helps you in every single step of the choreography, you know, that you're going to end with like, Hey, good job, little girl. Thank you for having my back. Right. That's, yeah. that's one thing I was going to bring up too, is that season four as as we were talking, uh, Sitchiger was always in control of everything. So it was, it was mostly him coming in after arrows were shot and and the battles mm -hmm. pretty much won. And this season, I mean, he's got to like fight all the time. Yeah. Um, was that hard for you then, I guess, coming in this season? As you said, you, you had a lot of training then going in. It's just been a humbling experience to come on to this, this show. Like mm -hmm. um, when I got this job, I shouldn't tell this story, but I will. When I got this job, I did what a lot of actors do is like, you beef up your resume, I guess. Like they asked me like, how are you with horses? Can you ride horses? And like, I told them like, yeah, of course, I'm from Iceland. I'm basically a horse person. Like I'm a ho like, I love horses. I grew up with horses. When the reality is like, I think I might have allergies to horses. <laughs> like, I am terrified of them. And, uh, but basically it was a humbling experience to come onto this show. And, and I had done some like stagecraft training during my acting school days but they whooped my ass into shape and they just taught me to do it and like any challenge that you meet in life uh if you go into it telling yourself i can't do this you're not going to do it right so you just have to go in there and be like fuck yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be the best fighter here and obviously i never became the best fighter there but my god did they give me ch a chance to prove at least how much I could do in the scene where 
Brita arrives and yeah. I'm fighting literally. You're surrounded. Oh my God. Yeah, the whole stunt team, everybody got to fight me at one point in that circle. And the fire. Yeah. I love when you throw the sword and you like you grab the spear and throw the sword. It's such an awesome yeah. moment. Yeah. Incredible. And all those stunt guys, like they've been doing this for a decade, decades. Some of them, they're so capable. Right. They're so kind as well like these guys are the sweetest guys on set they treat you with such kindness and respect right. and when you fuck up it's usually one of them that's taking the hit like i i busted a lip on one of those guys uh, on on season four. Oh no and like they'll never tell you if you really hurt them they're just like no it's fine it's fine wow but the yeah. fighting looked great i mean it really yes. looked great and like yeah. you said in the tent battle was awesome and 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 prior to that in Effowich, and then the scene two, when Brita cuts your hair, mm -hmm. got to talk about that for a second because you you always you're on your knees, but you I feel like you try to look proud still. You try to mm -hmm. not give in to her, yeah, which comes across. And and we did reaction videos, and when she cuts your hair, uh, <laughs> I think I'm like, no, not the hair, <laughs> not the hair. It's funny because. I'm actually thankful that like we get to see many different haircuts for Sitriker this season because yeah. I've seen that in online that the fans are like, I like the long hair. Why the hell did they cut it? Like, why would they cut it? And, mm -hmm. and then some people are like, I like the short hair. And I actually personally really like the disheveled, horrible hair after Brita cuts it because on screen, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I just felt like I had so much power on screen to look so powerless. D does that make any sense? Like, yeah. It made me look like a raggedy little, you know, wild animal or something. Yeah. That horrible, um, disheveled cut. And all I had dirt in my hair. It was all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, that scene with Emily Cox, who, by the way, like coming into this show, I was so proud to get to share scenes with her. She's an incredible actor. Again, does the same thing that, that I tried to do with Seitzerger. And the writers wrote in for Seitzerger is to be powerful commanding and can be vicious at times but also there's a humanity to him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i think is the reason why i love this show starting in season one these are people who are fighting with swords but they feel like real people yeah absolutely um, but yeah that scene of course he tries to keep his dignity and honestly i think sig would have been fine with going out in that bucket there i know i know it's horrible yeah. as the fans are watching like he can't die in some water bucket but he was just like no, I'm going to die as these people's king. This is what happens. This comes with the territory, comes with the job. What was that like to shoot, too, uh, with the water bucket? Yeah, it was crazy to shoot. I think, I think we did the big fight with the fire and everything and the drowning in one day. Oh, man, that's so, too much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? What do you do in that circumstance? Every single moment of film is, is someone trying to kill you or drown you or whatever, kicking your ass. And you had a day. You had a day. <laughs> yeah what a day i didn't have to do any acting i was just like okay here we go <laughs> <laughs> no it was fucking awesome and like that final scene of like walking out and just like <sighs> i'm going into the into the night and the camera yeah. that was uh, that was awesome and, and alex alexander alex just kind of like led me through the whole thing because he's been he's been nutrient for years yeah and he had He's had, we've seen him get his, you know, his face completely smashed. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he's, he's been in some really hard situations. So Alex kind of guided me through that day, I felt. And I, I always felt throughout the whole day, like, it was just my honor to get to be drowned in a bucket or get my ass beat by 20 but guys. And I think she, like, makes a priest beat you up. There's, like, a quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember his name, but it, there's this young Hungarian actor who played the the priest, and he really brought it to that one scene. You guys remember that scene? Like, he's yeah. a quick cool. glimpse. It's like real quick, but yeah, it just shows like, like how evil Brita is. Yeah, <laughs> he's like my <laughs> hand sore from punching him. <laughs> he gets yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sigtiger's just like, just come on, just keep doing it. Just hit me harder yeah and, and that's a that's a great scene he gets like kicked in the chest or something for not for not punching him hard yeah. enough yeah. yeah speaking of the brother stuff too yeah. going back to that real quick yeah an amazing kind of unique scene is the trial where you try to give rungvalder a chance 
and you have this speech about the nine steps um, that represent each night Odin hung from the tree. Uh, but this was a unique Last Kingdom scene, and it was super fun to watch. Could you talk a little bit about doing the trial scene with Rongvalder? Yeah, the trial scene was really interesting because um, I, I watched you guys kind of dissect that and dive into that, and you guys totally got it right. Sigtrigur is basically controlling the tempo of mm -hmm. the... This is because totally otherwise, I would have been like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'd been <laughs> yeah, yeah, sprinting yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said as well. When we were reading the script, I was like, why doesn't normal do just like make a hundred yard dash in five seconds? But um, basically, let's not get it twisted. This is most definitely torture, what's going on. They call it a trial. And of course, they believe that like, if he survives this, the gods have chosen. It's science. It's science at that, <laughs> at that time in history. The cool thing about this scene is Ron Walter is, you know, for for being a little mischievous pipsqueak, he is strong. Mm -hmm. he, he like, can you imagine having to do something like that? He he pulls it off somehow. Wow. Sigtrigur has a bond with him that we as the viewers and everybody in that trial, all the people with the popcorn watching, like, yeah, yeah they yeah, don't yeah. know about their bond. And but we can see it as viewers. We can see that Sigtrigur is really torn. He, he does not want to swing that sword no. when he falls he, to his knee. Yeah. He believes in the gods. He believes that this truly is a trial. But it's every single second of, of that piping hot bar or whatever it was, uh, scathing and, and, and melting his brother's skin, uh, is torture for Sigtrigur as well. Um, mm. Mm. But he's ready to swing the sword, I think, if he has to. If he has to. We all have someone in our family yeah. that constantly fucks up. Maybe you are that person. <laughs> yeah. We've all been that person at some point. And um, there's a love and there's a bond that's stronger okay. than pride, stronger than image, stronger mm -hmm. than a lot of, a lot of things. And um, I actually yeah. think that forgiveness is... The strongest thing you can do yeah yeah that's an awesome point it's an awesome point. well i think you can see too where where he's coming from because like as as a viewer too like i was getting tricked that rumvald was was great again too because like yeah. there he goes he's proven himself with this you yeah. know the the hot iron and he has to walk with and then in the battle he's fighting he's he's kicking ass with you mm -hmm. but again as soon as he notices the tide is changing and then edward's yeah. like well we've got to We've got to have you guys give up your personal beliefs here and, and surrender. You're just like, nope. And he's like, sure, we got to. And just bam, instantly done. It's just like you call him a coward. Yeah. But every I mean, time, though, like you think like, oh, well, he's proven himself. Like the guy is holding a hot iron walking to my slow tempo for dying. Steps, yeah. you know what I mean, like, yeah, but I'm sure but that again, happened his whole life, you know, exactly. But but I think there's truth and I think there's truth. And just like Sigtrigur is does not bend his beliefs to the very end. He's willing to die rather than, you know, bend the knee and, and pretend to worship a Christian God. I mean, even though Uhtred did that seasons before, it right. was somehow different for Uhtred because he had already been baptized as a kid. He's always been between worlds. Right. So he took it in that moment to kneel and take up Christianity. It would have been wrong for his character. I agree. I agree. And in and, and, and the same way that it would have been wrong for Ronwalder to be honorable in that situation because he totally is agree. Yeah. in his dna he's an opportunist and he is kind of like water he goes with whatever works best for him in that moment and that's just in his genetics and i think part of Ronwalder when you when he's on his knees and looks to his brothers like i think part of him is just like let me do this first to make it easier for Sigtrigur to bend the knee as well because this is obviously what we have to do here. right we're not gonna die here like yeah. Ronald is like, I can't die. So he he's like, hey, hey, don't worry, I'll I'll go first. Uh it's over, brother. <laughs> and Sigtrigger's like, it's not, it may, it's like this is over. You are a fucking coward. Like, I'm ashamed of you right now in this moment. Get up, like get up. But I think there's truth in that as well, because Ronald Mickey played him so beautifully yeah. as well like he was <laughs> i think that's that's a wonderful performance to play such a, a flawed character totally you know he drives you insane like totally. yeah. you want to root for him 
at, you kind of want to root for him at times. After his like, yeah, especially yeah. after he makes yeah. it through the trial and his yeah. hands heal, you're like, here we go. I'm, yeah, I'm a fan yeah, now. Yeah. I want to be in. That, you want to see more of him, even after Sigurdur's dead. You want to see more of him. The reason why I love this show, and I'm wondering if some of the fans might agree with me, is like, I like to watch it to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not just like empowered by watching someone take back their land or fight for their country or their family or whatever. It's also being empowered by, you know, like you guys say, the bro moments, like right. the bro moments right. of, of true connection and love. True. And that's why Finn and Citric follow Uhtred around all the time. It's not for the plunder. They love this guy. Yeah. And, and we feel empowered when we watch those bonds on screen as well. And like, um, I was watching uh, Rod's, your interview with yeah. Rod, who plays yeah. Constantine, who, by the way, I've never met, but he apparently has the exact same taste in music and film as me. Cool, cool. Like, he was saying the love as well, the love, yeah, of, the love yeah. of these characters. And, and I think it's cool. And I think, oh, no, no, no. I was watching the interview and I saw how, how um, you guys uh, reminisced on how you guys met at school mm-hmm. and then started doing this podcast because you were like living in different places and still wanted to be friends. Right. And like, uh, I, think, I think that's also why I'm, I'm really happy to be on your show. Because I've watched Thanks. most of your interviews and I've watched, I've certainly watched all the awards. And like when you gave oh, me cool. the Shield Wall Award for Citric Shield Wall, I was like, yes. 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 Well, we got to uh, talk about that too because uh, I got to put that up on my wall, guys. Like, I, need I know. To, I we know. Need to, well, we, the committee, the committee <laughs> who decided the awards will, they should be getting those out. I'm surprised you haven't gotten your. Yeah. Well, but, but, but let me, let me say this to you guys. Let sure. me look deep into the camera and tell you, you guys are fucking awesome. And I'm your fans because I truly believe with all the cynicism and, and distrust or mistrust or whatever that's going on in the world today, there's nothing cooler in my view than sincerely being interested in something and like sharing that joy with the world. That's awesome. Ace, thank like, you. Yeah, thank that's you. cool. You guys are cool. Uh, we appreciate Thanks. that a lot. And like we said, like whether nobody watched us or, you know, we have a lot of great listeners, we'd still be doing this for the reason that we love to talk about it. Um, yeah. We love the show and, yeah. and like, it just works out well that it seems like everyone on the last kingdom also has that camaraderie. And yeah. I think that's why we connect so well with this show, but we yeah. appreciate what you said. That really means the world to us. Yeah, for real. Really does. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean it. I just like to thank the Academy. The yes. Academy. yes it's such an honor to <laughs> receive this this shield wall award yeah. we're glad you had your opportunity to your speech yes and, and we'll have another award and you'll certainly be nominated for a few categories we're still waiting to hear from the uh the committee yeah the committee is here. um it's not us is it upstairs you know if you've heard our talks we love the seal team six sort of vibe that utra does a lot where yeah. Him and the boys go into a town, but the you shady also Gengen. the shady Gengen from the books. Um, but you get like a couple of those here in season five, and one that's super unique is the ice scene where you guys cross it. Can yeah. you maybe talk about doing that real quick? Because that was really intense. Yeah, it was a very cool moment. The the ice battle scene. I mean, as a viewer, again, like going into it emotionally, everybody who's watching is like. Just listen to Steora, man. Just listen to her. <laughs> we have a bad feeling about this. And then the ad. If it wasn't for Edward, you'd have been, you'd have won. So <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, you could say that it was the right move and and to take out this little camp, Ethelhelm. Ah, oh. I know. Well, no, but it was a cool scene to film. Uh, I don't know if I'm like ruining the the scene by like explaining the magic trick, but we did not cross an actual ice lake. What <laughs> <laughs> the set designers, uh, who are like, oh my gosh, that's another thing that I have to say. I know everybody talks about it, but like the costume department, the set yeah. designers, these people are incredibly skilled artisans. Mm-hmm. And so basically, they created this lake without it being an actual lake, like they put all that frost on. So when I was walking on it, it felt like I was walking on a lake, and then I do that weird thing where I like go down and I, yeah. Back. He knows yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, I am from Iceland, though. Uh, 
That's I was going to say, Rumbald, that's what he said before the before they went out, right? He's like, I'm from Iceland. I know ice. I, yeah, he said something oh, like yeah. ice is yeah. ice or something like that. I mean, the true fans of the show will know that the actor is from Iceland. So he's yeah. familiar with ice and how it cracks and creaks. And right, right. No, but that was very cool. I wasn't actually on set when they filmed the, the after the battle, people falling through the ice. But I right, heard that right. that was also very cool and very fun. This is the coolest part of the job is to get to play scenes like that, where it's like, we're just playing. It's like when we were kids and the floor is lava. Like that's literally what we're doing, but we're getting paid while we're at it. And we've got these awesome costumes and we wait for them to yell cut. But until then we're just playing. It's just fun. Now, did you have any influence into your costume coming into season five here? Yeah. So I'll say that in season four, first of all, they created this incredible costume for me. Like my, the moment when I walked into the costume department first with some ideas of like what Mm -hmm. I want to do with my character. And I just met like a couple dozen people who have been working on my character for weeks and weeks, designing his costume and everything that it says about him. Right. Season four, his, his costume is sleeveless because he's it's summertime and he's Mm -hmm. been traveling and, and it's all kind of, crappy and worn down because he's been fighting and living out in the wild mm-hmm. in season five howard the costume designer created this beautiful almost like i don't i don't want to say something wrong because i i don't know where exactly he got his ideas from or, or what's insensitive to say but for me i kind of thought that i looked like a samurai or something like mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. it's all it's all super regal and sleek but sigtiger definitely brought the drip in season five about the trip and his costume as well for how beautifully embroidered and and slick Mm -hmm. it looked at the beginning just Mm -hmm. looked even better when it was all torn and dirty from running through the woods and getting drowned and everything and then one thing that i actually had and and uh i actually had some say in was i told howard like Around about episode two or three we see sigtrigger going from the relaxed thoughtful king of efferwich with his queen and he's they're ruling together and everything's going great we see him revert back to that like dangerous warrior Mm -hmm. he's shouting he's cut he's going back to being cutthroat so i said to howard like can we bring back that armor oh cool season four just just as just for the fans to be like oh yeah we know this guy and i think we've got to touch on to your relationship uh with ruby hartley and stiora yeah. It's like you mentioned earlier in the talk, you start building that in season four. There's an amazing scene where you defend her and you step up and hit Airwolf. Uh, yeah, you backhand, yeah. you backhand him, which is backhand amazing. Him. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about with my relationship with Ruby. Mm-hmm. Ruby is so talented. She is so funny. And I wouldn't have wanted to do this with anyone else. The first day on set, we immediately clicked, just talking about stuff. She has a great sense of humor that can be kind of dry or dark or like cheeky or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. um, I mean, on screen, you see a bit of that like flair, like when they casted her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they got it right because mm-hmm. she's got so much of that that old school Utrid. Like, yes. I, don't, yes. who are these? I don't care that you're a priest. <laughs> and... Um, all that stuff. So she brings that and that she has a bit of that in her natural character, Ruby. Yeah, she's just a good, good friend of mine. We stay in touch and it was a pleasure to do this with her. We had so much fun, like adding a bunch of like uh, layers to our scenes, sometimes seriously, sometimes jokingly. One of the first scenes where Seetrigger is in the background, kind of like twirling his dreadlock and talking yeah. to her. But she's reading from the book and he right. wants her to continue reading so he can learn about Saxons. But she's just like, I am bored. Yeah, yeah. We decided that like m- me placing, because we don't get any like kissing or any actual like lovey-dovey scenes between them in season four. Like right, you can right. tell there's, there's chemistry and, and stuff like that, but we don't get any actual kissing or anything. So we were talking about that and we were like, how can we make this scene as sexy as possible? And I was like, ah. I was like, I, I told her, like, just wait, when I place that moldy bread on the table in front of you, it's going to be loaded with sexual tension. You know, knows the game. That always gets them. Go back and watch that scene and, and just, you can tell that that, that, that piece of dried <laughs> bread is the sexiest thing 
in the entire series in our minds as we're doing the scenes. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had so much fun. And Ruby also is like, um, uh -huh. she's so talented. So much fun to work with her. If we manage to show you any type of chemistry or bond between Sigtryk and Stiora, it really came from our, our friendship and cool. how close we are. Cool. Yeah, it felt really natural. I said just the, the yeah. characters too. They were both, you know, sort of like this new generation that was coming yeah. in. And then two going into this season five, it just felt like it was it was this good, healthy, mature relationship that they yeah. both had. They had been through the honeymoon phase and now they were like they were they were good. Right. Exactly. And even though they there's division between them right away in episode one, because we're making a TV show, there has to be drama. We can tell that they have ruled as a unit. Mm -hmm. They've ruled as a unit. He's King Sigtrigger and all that, but she's Queen Stiora. Right. And they make decisions together. And we really wanted to show that, that their power comes from ruling together. But of course, the way things go with Runwalder and everything, yeah. they become divided, but they find each other in the end, I think. Like I said, we loved you on the show. We thought we hadn't had a new Dane in a while or a new Viking character in a while and and. <laughs> you definitely capitalized on coming into the show and, and a show that has so many good ones who, by the way, you call out um, yeah. in that amazing speech you do in season four, where we fight with one heart. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been an, they could have done that scene alternately where like the ghost of blood hair and Abba just appear from the crowd and start. What'd you say? Ass. <laughs> yeah. Just start whooping that. What'd you say about me? Just huh? walk up like Will Smith, the Chris rock. And just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Keep up his name out, out your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, like what Brita, that's what Brita should have done there because she was pissed. And then, is there anything that you'd like to just say to the Last Kingdom fans here? You guys are awesome. And uh, Colby and Steve, also, thank you to you guys for being the voice of so many of these fans um, because uh, you guys bring that kind of intense joy and and passion that the fans have for this show like it's yeah. crazy y'all are privilege for us to do that yeah but y'all are crazy in the best yes. sense like <laughs> you guys are so invested in these characters and it's a total dream for all of us who, who were part of making this show to to get the reception that we get from you guys so keep on watching keep it going and um even though i guess the utrid story is coming to an end i mean I know that this fandom is going to continue to grow. Some people watch the series like every year or several times a year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's just going to keep snowballing and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. So. We hope so. We think the show deserves to be up there with Game of Thrones, with uh, Vikings even. We think The last season's way better than the last season of Game of Thrones. Let's just oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely that yeah, out there. Better. Just way better. We'll, um, we'll, see. we'll see what happens, but I, I don't think this is the end for Last Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is the end. That's what they're saying, but we'll see. I mean, this whole thing is going to continue to grow. And, and also, I think everybody's just thankful for how, as far as I can tell, most people really enjoyed the end of season five and how we did. How, and we'll see, did. see how people receive the movie as well. We felt we were very yeah. satisfied with the end, very happy with it. And uh, obviously, you added so much to the show when you came on to make it. I, what we say to the next level, every season seems to keep getting better. Um, so thank you for all the hard work you put into the show to make it special for us fans. And thanks again, Ace, for coming on and, and talk with us. We, we loved your character. We, we love talking with you here today. We're going to link your social media, your IMDB down below too, for people to check out. And, and for everyone watching, listening, like, subscribe, follow, so you can keep up with us in our last kingdom talks here. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I'll see you, see you soon.